Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. Welcome to Milkman Sports, everyone. My name is Casey, and I'm here with Garrett. Red is in Las Vegas this week, so we will not be having him on the podcast while he's out parting it up. While us common folk are back here just... You know, living our daily lives. So, Red, if you're listening to this, have a drink for me. Bet on the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, kidding. Yeah. What's happening, G? Not much, man. Um, just enjoying another week of football. The Raiders uh, got a win this week, so I can actually oh. be happy. Fucking Rams lost last night. Monday night football. They're down to, like, their third and fourth string offensive linemen. It's getting bad, but... Uh, I hate that 49ers bullshit, man. Like, we haven't been able to beat them in the regular season in the last few years. We beat them last year when it counted in the NFC Championship game, so I'll fucking take it. But, but only when it matters, right? Just keep playing with their hearts. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I don't think we're actually getting to the Raider game on this slate because they're actually playing Monday Night Football, so that'll be like on the Friday episode that we go over that, but that'll be fun one against Kansas City. Um let's just jump right into the Thursday night game, which is the Indianapolis Colts 1-2 and have the one tie and they're at the Denver Broncos who are 2 and 2 right now. So let's start with the Colts right now because Jonathan Taylor is supposedly dealing with a high ankle sprain. Um they're saying that he is going to try and play on Thursday, but that feels not possible if he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. So you know, I thought I saw something that said he potentially avoided a high ankle sprain, but any like any ankle sprain on a short week is just not good. Um, if he starts, I guess you have to play him, but uh, it's that's not good. I mean, I guess you don't have to, <laughs> but yeah, the team I was kind of looking for some info right here, and it doesn't seem like they've really um explained or revealed specifically what kind of ankle injury he's dealing with the fact that he's like not been completely ruled out for thursday's game is kind of weird but um i kind of don't expect him to play if he plays you obviously got to fire him up but i would say don't expect him to play which brings me to naheem hines and this is a guy that we all thought was going to have a big role coming into the season and so far he's done next to nothing but this might be his time to finally shine. Yeah, he <clears throat> will step into that role if Taylor is actually truly out. And even if Taylor does play, I think Naheem Hines could potentially see a should see an uptick in play. Uh, this is a game I'm probably going to stay away from. It just seems ugly. Um, two ugly teams playing against each other. So there's not a whole lot of fun i think um michael Pittman has come back down to earth really fast he's still playing a lot of snaps so that's good he's but the he's number, the only receiver yeah, he's the number 35 receiver in fantasy right now which is obviously not where we were hoping he would be um he's still getting a lot of targets though and he's playing a lot you know he had that injury in week two or he missed the game against jacksonville but i will say denver's defense has been pretty good this year it is thursday night football matt ryan has not played his best football very you know very often this year so i will say Pittman this week is probably like a mid wide receiver two low two versus kind of having that like wide receiver one upside 
think just until we see a little bit more from Matt Ryan, which he's listed at 232 and a half passing, um, kind of feel like this he's going to hit the under on that. Yeah, it doesn't <clears throat> doesn't seem too sexy here. Pittman, uh, I feel like he got um, vultured last week by Moali Cox. So, you know, there's there's room for Pittman to improve. So I like him at a receiver, solid receiver, too. Yeah, and speaking of Mo Ali Cox, yeah, I would say don't chase the touchdowns. Um, if Agreed. you picked him up, you know, maybe just as like a, you know, if a tight end two with some room for improvement, no big deal. But um, you're not starting him pretty much in any league unless you're truly desperate. Um, so over on Denver's side, Russell Wilson, he's listed at two thirty and a half passing, which is actually lower than Matt Ryan by two yards. That's kind of surprising. He's got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Like Cortland Sutton's the number eleven receiver in fantasy. Jerry Judy's all the way down at forty four, um, and he's you know he missed uh, a lot of week two though with an in game injury. He didn't miss any actual games, but um, he's coming off of four catches for fifty three and touchdown. So. Um, between these two, Sutton seems to be the guy that's settled in as the number one, though. Uh, a little more consistency. He's his low in yardage is 52 yards. You know, bet- between four games, only one touchdown, which is hurting him a little bit. But still, I think we can count on him as like a a, a, a strong, strong receiver, receiver. One with those... one. <clears throat> or I'm sorry, not one. He's a low but low in one strong receiver two. I uh, say so yeah, he's probably more of like a strong two in the Judy. Um, I'll still, I still have faith in him. He's coming off of, like I said, one of his better games. Boom, he scored 15, of course, scored 15 fantasy points. So yeah, I'd call him like a, like a mid three. And if it wasn't Thursday night football, I'd probably give him a little bit higher ranking, but this week, um, I just don't, don't expect a whole lot. I'm pretty sure that the Colts defense is pretty good. They might be a little banged up this week, but I just don't expect this game to be overly, um, offensive. So expect kind of a low scoring game here. Well, in fantasy, they're the 31st-ranked defense, but when you look at um, like the most yards they've given up in a game is 331, like 331 total yards in, you know, as your season high in four games. I don't feel like that that's it's not that high. There's teams that routinely give up more than that. So um, I think that the number 31 ranking is a little bit deceiving. This, this defense probably is a little stronger than it looks like on paper. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking uh, – for Russ Wilson, he's not really done anything all year too himself. I mean, he had a decent week four, I guess. Um, what we we putting him like low quarterback one? Uh, I think that's nice. Um, he's a quarterback too to me. I, he played decent last week. He saved his day with again a rushing touchdown. I he only threw twenty five times, completed seventeen. Um, Realistically, I think that's QB two. Guess... Actually, no, no QB two makes like a little more sense too, especially the Thursday night football downgrade. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Russell Wilson just hasn't looked good all looked. Uh, excuse me, he hasn't looked good at all this year. Which, um, yeah, that brings us to the running backs, which Devontae Williams unfortunately tore his it tore his ACL out for the year. Yeah, so now we got fumbling Gordon out here. <laughs> How many fumbles? He has one, two, three, four fumbles this year already. Jeez, man, that's that's crazy. He's um he's gonna have the workload to himself. I don't think Mike Boone like I think he's worth picking up in fantasy, but 
Um, I don't think he's going to eat too much into Melvin Gordon's role. Look, I'm looking at Melvin Gordon, 51 and a half rush yards. I'll hit the over on that. I think that he's going to get enough touches to definitely hit more yards than that. So until further notice, I think he's got a chance to be a strong RB2 the rest of the way. We got to see maybe, you know, they did sign Latavius Murray, see if they uh, divvy up this, you know, as more of a committee. But I think even the offensive coordinator, someone on the offensive staff for the Broncos even said today, like, oh, yeah, Melvin Gordon's going to be the guy that, that carries a load for us. So, yeah, kind of what we figured. Melvin Gordon can be that guy. He's got to just stop fumbling the ball. Um, uh, tight ends. No. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> Just no. Yeah. Let's move on to the next game, which is uh, in London. This is a uh, an interesting three and one New York Giants team at the three and one Green Bay Packers. So the Packers are playing like we expected them to. They won that overtime game against the Buccaneers last week, and they lost. They they got blown out in Week One, and then since then they're kind of on a roll. So, um, Aaron Rodgers, he's still more. He's kind of in that same territory almost as Russell Wilson, and it's not because of his play. It's just really the his offensive, yeah. The <laughs> offensive, well, his players and the offensive style—they're obviously running the ball a lot these days. Aaron Jones is coming off of a big game, 110 rush yards, and uh, AJ Dillon, I think, is coming off one of his. Uh, well, he, he just didn't score. Yeah, he just didn't score a touchdown, but yeah, 17 carries, 73 yards. So there's just a lot of carries to go around between these two guys. So out of the receiving, they're group, each touching the ball like twenty times. <laughs> right. So you fire them. You fire Jones up as uh, he he tends to be a little bit more involved as a receiver, at least over the course of their careers. Dylan's getting involved though too. I think Jones is like low RB one, and Dylan is like low RB two. But he's got upside to, you know, when you're getting seventeen carries, you know, you you're gonna punch it in for a touchdown. Um, so like, he's probably like low RB two, uh, to mid high RB two potential, even with Aaron Jones right there. Agreed. Anytime you're touching the ball that much, it's just, you're bound to fall into the end zone. I think, especially with an offense that's good like this. And that's how I expect them to score most of their touchdowns. Right. Um, yeah, between the receivers, I'm Robert Tunyon. Let's get this out of the way real fast. He caught a touchdown last week, but he's still like playing, Around half the snaps actually played a little less this last week. So I, I think there's just higher upside options than Tunyon. So you can kind of disregard him. And uh, Watson, Cobb, all these guys are, you know, not redraft relevant. So it's really down to Lazard. And it looks like Romeo Dobbs is going to be the guy that, you know, is the number two receiver in this offense at least. Maybe he turns into the number one. Shit, he's but... almost playing 100% of snaps at 96 Right, eight targets the last two weeks. He's had touchdowns the last two weeks. That's great to see. Um, you know, this was one of the rookies that we heard great things about at camp, and maybe it's finally, finally slowing down for him, like game play or game wise. You know, he's seeing things better. Right. Yeah, he's played um quite a bit the last two games, and yeah, that's back to back games with a touchdown, back to back games with eight targets. You know, in our listener league, 21 points and 13.7, you know, and then you have Lazard, who is on his own little really missed week one, but week two scores a touchdown, week three scores a touchdown, week four doesn't get the touchdown, but he goes for 116, you know, had eight targets himself. So both of these guys have become fantasy Receiver relevant. I've, I've, 
Yeah, I've, I've been high on Lazard going into the year. Dobbs, it just wasn't for, you know, it just felt a little early to me. And I didn't see it, it to believe it, huh? Yeah, and if there's, between these two guys, if there's one that does, uh, you know, slow down, I would expect it to be Dobbs. So I'm going to fire up Lazard as a, like, low wide receiver, too, that I think has got a little upside every week. And Dobbs, um, he's probably like a wide like a high end wide receiver four like flex type. I don't know if I trust him as a wide receiver three yet, but he's he's someone that like a, a good injury or bye week fill in kind of guy. Yeah. I <clears throat> I agree. I have Romeo just sitting there. I kinda drafted him late in our uh listeners league. So he might get that start here soon. Um, we don't have much to say about the Giants other than that they're dealing other than with, that they suck asshole. <laughs> yeah, they're dealing with uh, QB injuries right now. Daniel Jones <laughs> and they're three and Daniel. one. <laughs> yeah, right. They're working out quarterbacks today, so it's just like it doesn't look good for them. Like on, you know, they're gonna go all the way to London with a quarterback that I heard they signed one, Chad Powers. Ah, <laughs> I, think I, saw, I think I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> um, from a fantasy perspective, especially because. Even if Daniel Jones plays, like the receivers are so banged up and so awful, like li- I, there's not even one that's worth playing, as far as I'm concerned. Like Wandell Robinson, I think is getting healthier. There's a chance that uh, he might a play that this we see week. Him. It's, it's making not progress. Worth starting though, like none of these guys are worth. Yeah, so I was over say, like, even if they're healthy, no. Nope. Any of these other guys, like you want to get dangerous in DFS and throw a, you know, let's say Robinson ends up playing or something, that that's fine. But you want to get dangerous, throw Richie James in there, <laughs> right? Um, the only fantasy relevant player on this entire Giants offense is Saquon Barkley, who's surprise, surprise. Yeah, automatic. You're just gonna play him every week. He's just coming off a game where he had 33 touches. Um, his season low is 18 touches. Um. Fire yeah, he's fire him up every week. Yeah, he's, he's going to get his touches. He's the number two running back in fantasy right now, at least in our listener league. So yeah, that's all you really need. need nothing to else to <laughs> yeah, nothing else to know about. I mean, Daniel Jones looks like kind of butt. Um, he had two rushing touchdowns last week that saved his week. But other than that, he's playing like a quarterback too. But it's just ugly to watch. Yes, but if he's in, uh, injured his ankle now too, you know he's going to run less. So those rushing touchdowns, getting two in the same game is pretty rare for a quarterback unless you're someone like Lamar Jackson. Um, so the two touchdowns, he's not likely to do that again now that he's got a bad ankle. Put like, some respect on Jalen Hurts' name. Jalen Hurts, okay, yeah, all right. You know, he's not. I said Lamar Jackson because he's been doing it a little longer. But if you want to include a second guy, Jalen Hurts would be that guy. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's jump into this next game, uh, the one and three. Pittsburgh Steelers versus the three and one Buffalo Bills, and the Steelers are going with a quarterback change. Yeah, Kenny Pickett stepping in, and we talked about this the other night. I think me and Red did, and uh, Kenny Pickett he threw three interceptions, but like one of them was a game-ending hail mary. Like they just had to chuck it, or you know, yep. The, so I'm not really counting that as a true interception, and the other two bounced off a of receiver's hands, if I'm remembering correctly. But he went 10 of 13. Those three interceptions ended up being his only incompletions. And the fact that they not weren't really his fault, at least not entirely. Um, so you're telling me, me he completed every pass? Well, technically, <laughs> yes. Technically, yeah. There wasn't a ball that hit the ground. So um, he's still going to have to go through some rookie lumps. He's still, you know, he's playing. 
he's playing Buffalo this week too. This is going to be one of his toughest matchups of the year. So I'm not playing Kenny Pickett. He should be picked up. He's got some, you know, long-term appeal as the season goes along, even in redraft leagues, one quarterback leagues, he could end up, you know, playing pretty well. Cause he's got lots of weapons to work with. Like Najee Harris is good. Um, I know he's coming off of a not, you know, not so great game, but he's still seeing the volume. Um, maybe with the quarterback switch, uh, he's got a better chance to score, but again, yeah. they're playing Buffalo. So maybe not if he doesn't do it this week, don't, don't panic on Najee Harris. I think like I'm most interested to see how these receivers shake out because George Pickens, as soon as Pickett came into the game, I think he got like five targets, you know, you know, he ends up, George Pickens finishes with six for one Oh two on eight targets. And most of that comes from Kenny Pickett, you know? So like, I think that he gets about shakes out. Yeah. I was kind of curious to what you thought about, you know, the quarterback transition and how it's going to affect these receivers. Claypool has obviously just not doing anything. And then Deontay Johnson had a, a dud two for, uh, 11. 11 yards. Yeah, they gave him a couple carries to try to make up for it, but like it, they didn't, he didn't do much with that. At the end of the day, Deontay Johnson is, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, is still the number one receiver there. He'll have a week to game plan with Kenny Pickett. You know, if they're playing Buffalo and the Steelers' offensive line is not known for being strong, they're going to probably have to get the ball out fast. Between all these receivers, Deontay Johnson's probably the best like receiver to throw to if you're trying to get the ball out fast. So, if there's a receiver I'm playing this week, it's Johnson, but probably as like a third receiver. I know that you probably drafted him to be better than that, but that's the best you're going to get. Claypool, I think, is still worth stashing on the end of your bench. Pickens is, you know, worth being on your bench. And Fryermuth is probably the only one that I'm definitely locked in starting. He actually had a really nice game the other day. Caught seven for 85 on nine targets. So, Firemouth, you can fire him up. We talked about Najee Harris. Johnson's yep. a receiver three. Everyone else, you just kind of have to wait and see. Yeah, I agree. Fire Pat up, play him, tight end one. Najee Harris is going to get his touches. You keep playing that dude. He's a baller. So we jump to this Buffalo side that has not – well, it's seen better days. Well, you know, they're three and one, so that helps. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Josh Allen's the number two quarterback in fantasy. He's coming off of his worst game of the year, which still, you know, threw for 213, a touchdown and a pick, but he had 11 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. 22 points is your worst game of the year is pretty fucking good. So um, obviously keep firing him up. Stephon yeah, I think Diggs I'd coming... start him. Yeah. Stephon Diggs is coming off of his worst game, uh, four catches for 62 yards, but he played more snaps than he's played in any other game. Um, six targets is kind of like it's the lowest amount of targets he's had in a game. He hasn't scored since week two. He's the number one guy in that offense, so I expect him to bounce back as a strong receiver one this week. Um, Gabe Davis, I think that uh, he was a pretty much a dud, right? He didn't do yeah. hardly anything. Yeah, he was uh, one catch for 13 yards, three targets. He played a lot of snaps, but, man, they they must be – taking him away or something because he's not doing anything i have not seen the tape on that so if any buffalo fans want to let me know what the fuck is going on with gabe davis because he's putting on a he's on a milk carton right now where the fuck you at gabe davis yeah i think right now he's like a upside receiver four so what i was saying going into the year something in that in that range it felt like people were a little too high on him but um, I call him like an upside, like receiver four, strong flex kind of guy. 
Um, Duna got to mention Isaiah McKenzie because he's made some noise so far. He's actually been the better fantasy receiver between he and Davis so far. He's got three touchdowns in four games. He's just not playing enough. But That's I was going to say, problem. yeah, he had a he's in the concussion protocol right now. He played about he plays about half the snaps. I think he was on track to play a little more in week four, but the concussion thing, you know, puts him out. So I wouldn't even expect him to play this week. There's really no one to replace him in fantasy. Imagine so if his name was that. Tua, I bet he'd be playing still. Uh, yeah, well, that's a different story. Um, I think we can ignore Dawson Knox too, right? Bestie's done. It's like <laughs> yeah, get the yards. fuck out of here, yeah, Dawson. We're, we're done even. with you. So let's just uh, wrap it up with let's just slap, wrap it up with the running backs. And it definitely feels like Singletary's the lead guy there. He played eighty eight percent of snaps the week before. He played seventy three. You know, he just had uh, uh, fifteen total touches. Which, like for this Buffalo offense, they do still run a little bit of a committee. But he's definitely playing more than anybody else. He's and the locked-in running back there. Zach Moss is not taking any touches. James Cook looks like butt. So uh, Devil Single, Devin Singletary is a good RB, too. Um, just volume-wise, he's getting 15 to 20 touches a game. Yeah, he's only got enough. he's only got one touchdown on the year, which feels a little weird. So he, maybe he's due for one this week. As of today, he's the number 23 running back, which puts him in like that low RB2 territory which is kind of like what I expected out of him this, you know, when you drafted him, I felt like he could be more RB2 than RB3. Um, he's barely on that fringe right now, but I think he's got an opportunity. If he scores a touchdown this week. He'll go up that list. Um, but yeah, I think you can fire him up. Like I still feel better with him as a three, but if you need to use him as a two, then you're going to be fine. You should be okay. Yeah, <clears throat> I would agree. All right, two two LA Chargers at the two and two Cleveland Browns, and Chargers are healthy. Look like they're going to be back to firing on all cylinders. I guess we got to see what happens with Keenan Allen. He's day to day right now. Um, he, you know, kind of aggravated his hamstring injury during practice last week, so I would not say it's a given. He could re-aggravate that in a moment's notice. So he's the only one out of this offense that really scares me. But otherwise, like we're firing up Herbert. Eckler's coming off a three touchdown game. Mike Williams finally did something with Keenan Allen out of the lineup, catches seven of his 11 targets for 120. Um, so like QB one, RB one, Mike Williams, maybe more like, like a high, like receiver high two, end yeah. receiver two, you know, like he's a little boom bust, but uh, he tends to boom more often than not. Especially with Keenan Allen potentially being out. Um, if Mike Williams, or sorry, if Allen does play, I think that moves Mike Williams down to receiver three. Yeah, I, I'll give that. I'll I'll say that. But um, um, I love we gotta Gerald mention, Everett. Yeah, see, we got to mention Gerald Everett. So, like, this might be Keenan Allen missing time, Gerald Everett taking up some of those targets in the red zone. But I think that there's an opportunity for him to still kind of keep the same role even when Keenan Allen comes back. He's the number six tight end in the league right now. Fantasy caught five for 61 and a touchdown. He's getting a healthy amount of targets every week. So he's still got potential to, you know, have a dud game here and there. But with this quarterback, we've been talking about Herbert's going to throw for 5,000 most likely this season. There's going to be more than just two beneficiaries. And I'm I'm really liking Everett, so continue to fire him up as a as a tight end one. Yeah. Uh, if they want this offense to keep moving, keep throwing the ball. And uh, like you said, there's going to be some beneficiaries. <clears throat> I think Gerald Everett's going to be – one of them is going to be a top tight end at the end of the year for sure. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland side. So 
I think it's still hard to get excited about Jacoby Brissett. He is the number 16 quarterback in fantasy, but the highest he scored is like 16. He's had a couple of 13-point games. He's had a nine-point game. So he might be in that number 16 ranking, but is he's we're almost a quarter of the way through the season. This would normally be the quarter mark up until they added that extra game last season. But um, he's not really done anything that's really going to win you your games on any given week. Like maybe he's like a, a passable QB two. He's going to do something to lose the game though. So you can always count on that. (laughs) Yeah. He's been doing enough to keep some of these guys afloat. Like Amari Cooper, he's had like a dud game and then two great games and another dud game. So like right now he's um, very inconsistent, which makes sense because of the quarterback. So like Cooper is just going to be like a boom bust receiver two. Like when I say boom bust, like it probably is more appropriate to call him a receiver three because like he could totally bottom out or he could just have like a really good week. So he's like a receiver five <laughs> <laughs> or a receiver one. And there's no in between right now. And it's funny because like the two games that Donovan Peoples Jones has been good in fantasy is a 12 point game in week one and week four with a bunch of like a zero and a two point game in between. And then Cooper's basically the opposite or all of his, he's got two, a 28 and 26 point game in weeks two and three. And he gets one and four in weeks one and, and one, four and four. So um, it seems like when Cooper does have a bad day, people's Jones gets to be the beneficiary a little bit. We still got David and Joku in this offense. It's kind of started off first two weeks slow, great week three uh, week four. didn't wasn't great, but still five for 73 on seven targets. That's healthy Good enough for, to, for tight end one. Yeah. Say healthy enough to be a tight end one. And I think that's the last pass catcher. That's, you know, relevant on this squad. Uh, DPJ is really, I wouldn't even be uh, picking him up. I'm he's, not. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, he's only popped when Amari's been kind of um, smothered. So, right. Between the two running backs, obviously, you're firing up Chubb. He is the number one running back in fantasy. He's got th- over three 100-yard games, and he's got five touchdowns on the year. He not doesn't do anything as a receiver, which is you know predictable. Um, even in his game, though, where he didn't have 100 yards, that's the game he had three touchdowns in. So, like, you could just fire him up as, like, a top-five option until further notice. And yeah, then... Kareem Hunt's just not um, kind of producing in that role – that we thought, well, we kind of thought he'd get a little more receiving. Um, he's kind of looking, you know, he's been giving us RB2 numbers so far this year. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that that receiving picks up, but I guess it kind of goes back to quarterback play, right? And this offense is, there's not, uh, Jacoby's not a great quarterback. <laughs> so. Well, he's, he's still getting enough volume. The first three weeks, he got 15 touches in each game. And then in week four, he got, uh, 12, but how do you know in a target he missed and stuff? So he's like right in that 12 to 15 range, which is exactly what we expected going into the year. He just, other than week one, where he had two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving, like he just hasn't done it. And that's because Nick Chubb's got five touchdowns, you know, since, since all this. So like, it seems that Kareem Hunt is like, he's still usable because of the volume and, you know, if things are, okay i guess but because of the lack of uh like a high end they're just not in the red zone enough for him to get his chances i don't know yeah maybe he's like a high-end rb3 settles in as a 
RB two probably. I don't. I just. I like Kareem Hunt. I'm just scared off with the offense and just how they they've been playing lately. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to our last game and the we have the the winless, but you know how should I say defeated? Say the but... winless. The winless Texans, but they do have a tie in there, so they're <laughs> three and one. They kissed their sister once. Yeah, <laughs> and then they are at the two and two Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's uh, talk about the Jaguars for a sec because um, they had a terrible day the other day. At least Trevor Lawrence did fumbling the ball. I think he fumbled four times, lost all four of them. Now that game was raining heavily in Philadelphia, so I'm not saying it's okay to fumble that many times. I'm just saying that does help explain what the fuck happened. <laughs> so I would expect that he's not going to do that again. And if he doesn't lose the ball on four different possessions, they are going to be in a position to score more touchdowns, do all that. So should be a bounce back week against the, what the Texans, you know, like I said, they're winless. So it should be a good matchup. It's a division matchup where Trevor Lawrence gets back on the QB one train. Um, I got full faith in him. I think he could do it. And I'm a Christian Kirk believer. Even last week, nine targets only caught two for 60. Like, you can only catch two for 60, but you have nine targets, played 94% of snaps. Yeah, that's the weather all day long. So, Christian Kirk, strong wide receiver, high-end wide receiver, too. Um, Zay Jones missed a game with an injury. I don't know. I, I think yeah, they said I'm not that quite he's sure going to be ready. What, what had happened. It was like a kind of a late end-of-the-week scratch, I believe, last week. Um, but... Hopefully he'll play. I like his upside. Um, yeah, Jamal Agnew was the one who stole the touchdowns with him being out. Marvin Jones, he got one target, didn't catch it. He shouldn't even be on rosters. If he is, he shouldn't be. Um, but Zay Jones, when he plays, he's tend he's tended to be good, and this is a good matchup for him. So um, if you've still got him on your bench, then wide receiver four, like flex kind of guy. Yeah, with upside for sure. And just say no to Evan Ingram. We don't want we don't want no nope. part of that. We don't want no part of that shit, cuz. James Robinson coming off by far his worst game of the year, but it's not like Travis Etienne did anything either. Didn't he didn't catch a pass at eight carries for thirty two yards. This Robinson was just a bad game for everyone around. Just, so just a bad game. Yeah, it's the rain. They couldn't pass. So they're just stacking the box. The running backs couldn't do anything. So I'd say fire up Robinson as a strong RB two. He'll get back on track and Etienne. I've been lower on him since going into the season. So, yeah, he's like a, a mid-RB3. Like, I don't see a lot of upside here. He still hasn't done anything receiving-wise. No touchdowns on the year. The most catches he's had in a game is three. Like, I've not seen it yet. Yeah, I'm not a believer in Travis. Uh, James, I like him as an RB2. He's really shown up this year. Um, you know, clunker this last week. But, again, weather-related, I expect a better game out of Jacksonville's offense going up against Houston's defense. Um, and the that side of the offense is is not that great either. So, Yeah, if we skip over to the Texans, there's really only two guys that are worth talking about because Davis Mills is not doing it in fantasy. He's not had any good games. The most touchdowns he's thrown in a game is two. Um, back in week one, it was his best game, 13 points, 240 yards, two touchdowns. Like since then, we see a six-point game, an eight-eight eight-point game, a twelve-point game where he threw two interceptions. Just not seeing the upside. So the only two guys that are truly relevant are Damian Pearson, Brandon Cooks. Not even necessarily in that order. Cooks is always going to be um, 
not shouldn't say always, but is generally going to be regarded as the more reliable guy. He's coming off of the seven target game, caught all seven for 57 yards and got his first touchdown of the year. High volume. So, yes. And, and that's, you know, he's never had fewer than seven targets in a game. He's got a 10 game or a 10 target game, a 12 target game. You know, he plays upwards of 80% of snaps, 90% of snaps. So keep firing him up as a strong wide receiver three with a little room to be better than that. But Damian Pierce has taken over this backfield for sure. He's coming off a huge game, 131 rush yards and a touchdown, caught all six of his passes, but only for eight yards. Um, I would say that you can fire him up. What are we calling him, Garrett? Like a strong RB2? Yeah, he's a strong RB2. Good volume. 22 touches in week three, 20 touches in week four. Um, if he's going to continue to get these touches, that's strong RB2 value. Yeah. Let's call him a volume-based RB2. There you go. Volume-based. Not necessarily strong, but more like volume-based because he does seem to have that role to himself. I think Rex Burkhead might have caught a touchdown this last week, right? Um, yeah, he caught five passes for 39 and a touchdown, but no need to worry about that. If something happens to Pierce, Burkhead will definitely be the lead guy, at least based on what we've seen, but I'm not, I'm not counting on it. Yeah, other than that, receivers, um, Nico Collins, we're not interested. We're not interested in any of their tight ends. Nobody, nobody. It's Brandon Cooks, Damian Pierce, and that's it. Yeah. Wow, we went over some clunkers of games. but um... <laughs> Well, at least we got it out of the way with only two of us here. It didn't last as long. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be back uh, to talk more football tomorrow night, and uh, we'll get uh, six games in, right? Yeah, we yeah, got six, we six to cover tomorrow, and then we'll finish cover up the morning games. The rest on Friday. Yep. Cool. Well, sir, it's been a pleasure uh, talking football with you. Yep. And how'd you do this little... last week in fantasy? Um, pretty good. I think I went five and two, or could have been four and three, five and two, something like that. It was good. What about you? Let's see. I was two, one and three, baby. I only won in our listeners league. I had a bad uh, week one, and then I've kind of just been even mostly week two and three, if I'm remembering right. So this is a better week for me. Nice. Right on, man. Cool. All right. Well, for everyone out there listening, hit us up with any questions. Uh, Drink your milk, drink your coffee, drink your beer, whatever happens to be in your cup. Derek, tip that bottle back. I saw you drinking a Dos Equis earlier on Snapchat. So you drink your beer and drink one for us, you piece of shit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us till tomorrow. See ya. All right, peace.